Hey, welcome to Kingsway Caring Bar. We are a community inspired by love to live differently. I'm Dave, one of the pastors here. It's so great to have you with us. We pray this teaching will inspire you, build your faith, and lead you to a life of fullness and freedom in Jesus. Enjoy the message. Uh, wonderful to have you with us. My name's Dave. If I haven't met you before, I'm just going to move some of these off to the side. I feel like doing some preaching this morning and I think I want to preach like Burnsy plays the bass. You know what I'm saying? In fact, I know how to do that. I know how to play the bass like that. A few weeks ago, we had our staff retreat and I asked the team, I gave them a challenge. Uh, everyone had to bring uh, something that they could teach the rest of our team in five minutes. And so Burnsy put his head to work throughout the week and he came up with teaching us how to do the power base stance. And that is what I believe to be called the power base stance. And uh, I love it, Burnsy. I love watching you worship God without a filter on. <laughs> wonder what the rest of us what that might look like, to worship without a filter on. Yeah, love your heart, bro. And we're kicking off a six-week series called Movements. We're coming out of a, um, a time called Moments, where in the lead-up to Easter, we looked at significant moments in the life of Jesus and moments that he had uh, with people and how they changed the game for people's lives. Uh, we looked at the way um, in which the love of Christ influenced moments and it changed the course of history and we, we, we landed at the crescendo moment in Easter where that was the pinnacle moment, the moment of renewal that, that sparked the beginning of new creation and now we find ourselves in a place where we're going to look at movements, what does it look like for the new creations, the people of God, you and I to be about the move of God as he is creating and recreating and being about the new thing in the world. And my vision for us is that we engage, um, as we do with the book of Acts, um, that this time together will be profoundly foundational and formational. Uh, I spoke about it briefly in the midweek email I sent out this week. I'm convinced of two things. That as we draw in the themes of the early church and their experience of being empowered by the Holy Spirit, that we'll discover foundational ways of being and living in our world that proclaim the hope in greater ways that we have in Jesus. I'm also convinced that this time will be deeply formational within our hearts. I believe God is going to do a deep heart work within each of us as we learn uh, on the go. He's realigning and reorienting our hearts. I believe that God is going to soften our hearts over the next six weeks while he strengthens our hearts. He's going to renew our hearts while he repairs our hearts. He's going to fill our hearts as he uses them for his glory. And unlike many other deep heart surgeries, God does not put us under. He does not anesthetize us to his activity or his presence in our lives. I know many of you, when you go to the dentist or you go to the doctor, you would prefer look away, prefer to go under, prefer prefer to not feel a thing at all, to be knocked way out. My experience, though, is that God wants you to have front row seats to your transformation, that he wants to see... He wants you to see every insert of the scalpel. He wants you to feel every stitch. He wants you to see every bit that he is working on. Not because he wants to cause you undue pain. Not because he wants to take you to places of discomfort for the sake of discomfort. God, God wants to take you to the front row seats of your own transformation for the benefit of other people. Because what he does in you is for somebody else. Give what you've got away. That's what God's doing. The movement of God's church is a movement that gives what it's got away. And so church, can I ask you, what the Lord is doing in your life, give it away. Stay awake. Be watchful. Be alert. As I was told as a kid, I don't even know where this saying even belongs 
in our vocabulary. Keep your eyes peeled. Does that literally mean go and get the peeler out of the top drawer and peel your eyeballs with a, a peeler? I had laser eye surgery. I was sharing this to someone the other week and uh, literally awake for it. They, uh, they cut the front of your cornea off and they, they peel it, they like roll it back uh, like it's opening a book. And uh, I'll stop there. Stay wide awake, church. Stay wide awake. Be watchful. Be watchful. Be watchful. Mark Sayers is a pastor in uh, Melbourne. Uh, I've been doing some reading of his of, of late. And he says this, the next great awakening, the next renewal, the coming revival must be centered on our hearts being changed by God. It must begin by replacing the pseudo-Christianity of lifestyle enhancement with the spirit-filled faith of biblical Christianity. It must offer the renewal of Christ's likeness to those being deformed by our culture in the deepest part of their hearts. We need a new generation of Christians engaged in mission, kingdom vocational living, cultural engagement and biblical justice filled with his spirit, formed by the way of Jesus and shaped by heavenly wisdom. So let my goal for you and for us be clear this morning that over the next six weeks and beyond, that my goal would be that our hearts would indeed be changed by God, that the gospel of life enhancement would give way to faith in a biblical Christianity, that we would offer renewal of Christ's likeness to those who are being deformed by our culture, that as a church we say we are inspired by love to live differently. This is the call of the move of God's church. That we would reimagine what mission means in our lives. That we would recognise that our jobs, our craft, our interests, our passions are avenues through which God is bringing hope and love to a dying world. And in all of this we would be filled with his spirit, formed by the way of Jesus and shaped by heavenly wisdom. Let's pray. Father, as we sit in your presence, Father, we ask that your word would impact our hearts. Father, not just impact, but change. Father, there would be a dissection of our innermost beings into which you would bring hope and vitality and life. Father, I recognize this morning even in my own journey, in my own week, in my own thinking, in my own heart. Father, the places of doubt and confusion and unrest. And Father, I pray that even as I preach, I preach this to myself, Lord. Father, positioned in your presence this morning, we will be renewed in Jesus' name. And Father, I ask that you would bring the word to each one of us as we need it this morning. To one, that it would be a word of healing. To one, it would be a word of encouragement. To one, it would be a word of challenge. To one, it would be a word in season that they have been believing for and listening for for a long time. Father, may your word be the one that speaks this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. The book of Acts. We are parked up in the book of Acts for six weeks and we're not going to be going through it chronologically. We are looking at the book of Acts thematically, looking at various themes that come out um, through the book of Acts. And um, for a little bit of context, just to set us up for the next six weeks, Acts is part two of um, Dr. Luke. Uh, he wrote the Gospel of Luke and the Gospel and Acts. Uh, sorry, it was um, the purpose of it was to talk about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. And Acts is the second instalment, and it is what Jesus continued to do and teach. The Gospel, what he began. Acts, what he continued. And quite often, the book is referred to the Acts of the Apostles. And we don't want to take anything away from the Apostles. Faithful men and women who did incredible things from God, but it would be more accurate, a more accurate representation of it being the acts of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. We see the characters of the apostles appearing um, and, and disappearing and reappearing throughout the narrative, but the consistent character in the book of Acts is Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And so that is the lens by which I would ask you to be reading in your own time 
um, the book of Acts over the next six weeks, that this is the work of Jesus and his spirit. Acts, uh, which put into motion a movement and movements that have been bending the very nature of earth and humanity and creation toward the love and purposes of King Jesus for 2,000 years and more. Acts is a manifesto of hope. It's the story of the church being born, a story that is ours, a story that you and I are a part of, a story not left to gather dust on the shelves of history, but a story of dynamic movement, a story of the very breath of God sweeping across hearts and cities to renew and transform them. It's a story of a God who goes. It's a story of a God who breaks down barriers. It's a story of a God who crosses boundaries, pays no regard for borders, isn't really interested all that much in the differing of cultures. He did away with religious assumptions and systems to ensure that his love reaches every nook and cranny of earth. It's a story of the movement of power, a movement of prayer, a movement of generosity, a movement of resilience, a movement of inclusion, a movement of mission. And they are our six framing movements over the next couple of weeks that we are going to be looking at together. Jen is going to bring next week a word on a movement of resilience. And one of the marked things of the church back then and still to this day is suffering and persecution and I'm not going to preach it but Jen's going to next week what it means to be people who are resilient in the face of suffering this is a practical guide to living a kingdom life so today I want to look at a movement of power power dunamis is often the word that is used to describe power in the Bible dynamite explosive Big, extravagant, in your face, up front. When we see it in display throughout the book of Acts, people were healed. Uh, People were raised from the dead. Ordinary, uneducated, terrible public speakers were able to stand up in front of the top brass of all of the religious mobs and be able to deliver the gospel with clarity and with focus and with conviction. Radical expressions of generosity became commonplace. Magicians, eunuchs, terrorists, they were all saved by the grace of Jesus. People experienced crazy visions of beasts and sheets coming down out of the sky. Philip was teleported from one place to another. Tabitha brought back from the dead. Prison doors miraculously flung open. Stories of survival in the face of incredible odds. I mean, such was the power that Paul had that he could send them away with the snotty hanky out of, his, out of his pocket. And when people touched his hanky, such was the power of God through the church that when they touched his snot rag, they got healed. The book of Acts is the irrefutable evidence that the church of Jesus is a movement of power. Not Benny Hinn kind of power, however. I watched this week some videos on YouTube because I had nothing else to do. And someone has taken the, the Benny Hinn, um, on, on, this is, bless the guy. I'm sure miracles have happened through his ministry. But they, they overlaid his prayer ministry with him holding a lightsaber. <laughs> People falling down all through the church and he'd wave it. And someone had done one with, um, what was the game when we were kids? Street Fighter, you know, like Hadouken. And, and uh, he was doing Thank you, thank you, Greg. The story of Acts is not about manufactured power. The church has never been about a power that uh, was a bully or threw its weight around. We never read of a church that leveraged its assets or its resources to get its way or to boast in its accomplishments. The power of the early church was never seen in its ability to coerce, never did it gain power by flexing its minority muscle and crying victim. The power of God's church as seen throughout Acts is the power to love and to serve. 
It is the power to speak truth, the power to trust in the name of Jesus and not be swayed by the winds of cultural change that they found themselves in. The power of the church was to push through darkness, to pray and to worship while you feel shut down, locked up and alone in the dark. Sometimes we think of power of the Spirit and we get all spooky about it and all weird about it and think that the power of God is reserved for some kind of uh, person who's got their life together or for the preacher or for someone anointed with the, the office or the gift of power or whatever the case might be. But I think the power of God in my experience looks different. It can look like that. The big and the outrageous and the in your face and the explosive and the the office of the thing and the that and the whatsy maduba and the people who've got that thing going on. My experience is that power is more like the kind of power that Paul and Silas experienced when they were in jail. You read of it in Acts 16. Paul and Silas, they, they were out and about and there was a slave girl and um, she was uh, predicting the future and doing all kinds of things and making a lot of money for people. Um, she was worth a lot to her slave owners. Um, anyway, not settling for this evil spirit to reside within this little girl, Paul and Silas, uh, approach her and they um, command this evil spirit come out of her. And in that moment, she was released from it in Jesus' name for her life never to be the same again. And this upset the authorities. You know, they sent word around that these, these guys are disturbing the city. That's what a movement of Jesus does. It disturbs the city. <laughs> yes. More, Lord. Let's disturb the city. Let's disturb this city. Anyway, they got thrown in jail. In a dark, dingy, Roman jail. Wet, stinky, dark. Among the rats, we don't find them there just whinging and complaining about their jail time. We, we read in Acts 16 that one night at about midnight, they were sitting in the jail, unable to sleep, uncomfortable. About midnight, Paul says to Silas, hey bro, you awake? So I should be in chains. Yeah, man, can't sleep. What do you want to do? I don't know. Can't play cards. So what do you want to do then? I don't know. You got a song? Yeah, I got a song. How about I raise a hallelujah? Let's start there. And in the dark of that night, in the middle of their lockdown, while they are sitting there fearing for their lives, they raise a hallelujah. Yeah, I do. Yeah, that's it, Silas. Bring it on, Silas. I raise a hallelujah. Yeah, we do. We raise a hallelujah. Who do you say I am? He's going through the whole thing. And as soon as they start singing, Everyone else locked up in their chains, their ears start pricking up. Who are these guys singing? What is that sound? And as soon as they busted into the chorus, the very foundations of the jail began to shake. The foundations of earth began to rumble. The doors flung open and all of the chains in cell from cell to cell came falling off people's wrists and their ankles. The power of God looks like being able to sing your way through the dark. The power to have faith in times of confinement. The power to praise God in your chains, that's power. The power to proclaim the name of Jesus in prison. The power to cause the earth to tremble, the foundations of jails to shake. The power to open the doors of oppression where they have been locked on lives for years. The power to loosen bonds of others around you. That is what power looks like. The power of the church did not begin in stadiums or in pulpits under lights. The power of the church is birthed in the presence. The 
Paul and Silas knew there was no way out but the presence of God. There was no getting out of this prison, baby. There was no getting out of this mess. There was no getting out of this situation. And friends, read the book of Acts. It happens over and over and over and over again. Without the presence, we're going nowhere, church. Without the presence, they were going nowhere. So I want to speak for a few moments this morning on being positioned in the presence. And I want to thank Brother Dave last week. came and shared about being positioned. I think the Lord is upon the word this morning, being positioned in the presence. In the very beginning of Acts chapter 1, we kind of get the rundown of what had happened post-resurrection. Jesus had spent 40 days teaching his disciples all about the kingdom of God. He promised the Holy Spirit would come and immerse them in his personal presence. He said these things to fulfill the prophetic hope of Isaiah 32 and Ezekiel 36 and Joel 2, that in the Messianic kingdom, God's presence would come and take up residence in his people, the new temple, and transform their hearts. When this happens, his spirit, he would tell them, would empower his disciples to be his witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the very ends of the earth. Until one day, we're not sure what time or necessarily all that happened, Jesus is taken up in a cloud, evaporated, gone, no longer. I mean, if the disciples hadn't already been through enough in recent history to cause their hearts to grieve, to cause their minds to race, to cause their faith to doubt, then maybe this was just the straw that would break the camel's back. What do you mean he's gone? He's just, he's come back, showed us his, what? I can imagine that for the disciples, that in this time there would have been a lot of noise. A lot of noise. A noise of confusion. I just don't get it may have been something that was rattling around. The noise of uncertainty. What should we do now? Maybe the noise of disbelief. I'm done with all this. I'm done with the, the dying and the rising and the coming and the going. I'm done. The noise of doubt. The what if? The, the what ifs. I mean, equally, the noise of expectation, right? Maybe if what Jesus has been saying is actually going to happen, that there is a spirit coming that is going to do all of these things, greater things that they would have understood as Jesus told them that what, even though what he did, maybe the noise of expectation was such in their minds that it was just banging around a noise. They tried to reconcile all of the events and the words and the experiences that they had just had. There would have been loud conversations in their head, noisy. I was at the barber on Friday, don't laugh. I said don't laugh. And the noise uh, was quite incredible. There was a moment where I was sitting in the barber's chair. And they had the clippers going around my general ear region, as you can tell. Who's ever had the head shave? You know the buzz that I'm talking. As that's going on, there's a TV on the footy. And while that's happening, there's another kid next to me getting their hair cut. And there's a, one of their siblings is in the corner playing with the bucket of toys. And they pulled out one of those trains. One of those trains that sings. That's not green sleeves. It wasn't a whippy van. Uh, <laughs> Barbers were having a conversation. The radio was on. In that moment, there was noise closing in on me. There was, there was noise in this moment that was confusing me. There was noise that was agitating me. There was noise that was getting on my nerves. 
Lucky they didn't have to cut much. I was having some kind of sensory overload. I don't know if you've had that in a noisy place before, maybe a place full of people where the noise is so much that there's something in you that just says, I've got to get out. I realize that what my ears were hearing is what at times I find my soul can be feeling. Noise. 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 I mean, life is noisy. Life is very noisy. Come and live in my house. You don't think it's noisy? You come to 24 Avery Avenue, Kirawee, any hour of the day, and I will give you noise. I mean, the noise of decisions, the, the daily decision. What are the kids eating for dinner? Noise. What am I wearing to work? Noise. Should I get fuel on the way? Noise. What do I do about that person I need to sack? Noise. It's all right. Anyone seen? You're good. <laughs> I mean, the noise of expectations. You know, there's moments in our day, uh, got to, our own expectations. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. Ah, I forgot to do this. I'm a failure. Or just the expectations of work. Oh, I've got so much to do. So many things on my list that I've got to get done. The noise of work. The noise of kids. The noise of emotions. You know, on any given day, I can be filled with jubilation and elation. Loving life. Only to get a text message or a phone call or something that would dampen my spirits and send me to a place of uncertainty or grief. Noise. Noise in my head. I mean, the no noise of social media. A new study came out this week called the Digital 2021 Report. The typical social media user spends two hours and 25 minutes a day on social media platforms. Oh, yeah, cool, I can deal with that. Cool two hours, that's just a drive down the south coast, no biggie. That is one waking day each week. One entire day out of seven, the average amount of noise from social media is consuming us. That's 3.7 trillion hours of humanity in one year on social media. That is a lot of noise. The next big number, in 2021, based on those averages, every user of social media across the world, collectively, we will spend 420 million years of combined human existence looking at noise. The noise of email. The noise of WhatsApp groups. I've got six, I am part of, I didn't choose this, by the way, I am part of, involuntary, most of them, 16 WhatsApp groups that have access to my life, my ears, my heart, my mind at 24 hours a day. Noise. I can put this beside my bed and it will physically make noise. Bzz. I can silence it, but I can't. Noise. There needs to be a rule around WhatsApp. Nothing after 9 p.m., let's be fair, hey? Now, I think about the noise and all I hear is the clippers in my ear. Unrelenting. Insistent. Clamorous. Boisterous. Relentless noise. I feel like I'm preaching to someone who's got noise in their life this morning. I'm preaching to me this morning. I, mean, I, I, I don't say this to toot my trumpet or for anyone else who preaches, but I don't think there is a harder job in planet Earth than preaching the Word of God to the church. The noise that happens in your head, in my head, week in and week out when I'm preaching is such that it is deafening. Who are you, son? 
that you think you are preaching this? You haven't got your life in order. How dare you get up in front of that church? You're, how, what? You're going to tell them this? Get it figured out yourself first. Such is the noise. In science suggests, and my experience agrees, that the presence of noise, regardless of its loudness, can make you feel more stressed than usual, will make your heart beat faster than usual, will make you sweat more than usual, will make you being unable to sleep well, it will get you angry or annoyed by the smallest things, and it will cause you to feel more anxious and uneasy. Neither the body nor the soul were to deal with the level of noise that our hearts know. My thesis this morning is that if we are to experience the power of God in our lives, in our relationships, and for the mission that God has for us, we must find ways to cut through the noise. Acts chapter 2, we read, they were all together in one place, a place filled with the noise of confusion of uncertainty, of doubt, of disbelief. But also they were gathered in a place of unity and shared experience. They were gathered in a place of expectation. I believe God loves to pour His power out on a place of unity, on a place of shared experience, and on a place of expectation. And then suddenly, upon this meeting of unity, and of shared experience and expectation, the gathered people of God. Suddenly, there came from heaven a sound. There came from heaven a sound, not noise. A sound, not noise. There came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And I want to prophesy over your life and our church this morning, there is a new sound in the noise. There is a sound for you coming from heaven, a sound of peace, a sound of clarity, a sound of refreshment, a sound of fulfillment, a sound that Ezekiel prophesied and John saw in his revelation vision, a sound of the coming of God that sounded like many waters, a sound of joy, a sound of victory, a sound of breakthrough, a sound that will cut through the noise of your life and echo into every chamber of your heart. A sound of resonance that will silence the dissonance. A sound of harmony and unity that will break through the noise of disagreement and discord in your life. Where the noise of life is overwhelming, I believe God has for you a sound of heaven that sounds like peace. Where the noise of life right now for you is confusing, there is a sound from heaven that is clarifying. Where the noise of distraction is such in your life, I believe that God is going to bring a sound of refreshment. Where there is noise that is emptying, there is a sound of heaven that will be fulfilling. There is a new sound for you in Jesus' name, a sound only found in His presence. I mean, Jesus had noise. Heaps of it. I mean, in the face of stepping into ministry just after he'd been baptized, and the confrontation that he had with the devil, questioning everything about him. Into that noise, where'd Jesus go? He withdrew to the presence of the Father. In Mark chapter 6, Jesus sends out the 12 to go and begin their mission. And upon their return, tired, worn out, where does he send them? He sent them off to rest a while in the presence. Mark, sorry, Matthew 14. John the Baptist is beheaded. Man, be Jesus in that situation, having your mate's head delivered on a platter. Jesus was in the thick of grief. There's noise and grief. Where did Jesus go? presence. When Jesus in Luke 6 was making the decision about his team, where'd he go? He withdrew to the presence. 
Luke 22, Jesus in his time of great distress as he stared down the barrel of his imminent arrest and murder on a cross. Where did he go? He withdrew to the presence. You know, if Jesus needed the power to navigate the noise of life and he found it in the presence, how much more then shall you and I need the presence of God? The presence of God will not always fix your problems, but it will clarify your perspective. The power to live a kingdom life will only come from a life always aware and regularly punctuated by the discipline and the practice of positioning yourself in the presence of the Father. Bill Johnson says this, we need to live in such a way that nothing gets bigger than our awareness of God's presence in our lives. So where do you need to go to hear him? Where do you, where do you, Greg, need to go to hear him? Where are you, Sonia? Where do you need to go to hear him? Bronte, where do you need to go to hear him? Where do you need, where do you need to go to hear him? Where is your place of withdrawal? Where is your place of sliding backwards into the bushes to spend time with the Father? Where is the place that you go? Because, friends, I am so aware of the noise in your life. I've got my own, and sometimes I need to carry yours. There is noise for all of us. Where are you going to go with it? Monday was a big day this week. So was every day. I remember sitting with Elise. We now have a whiteboard in our house. The forests share the same predicament we have. We are now gone from a domestic operation to a commercial operation in our household and so drastic times call for drastic measures and we have a whiteboard in our house and we sit down on a on a weekend and we map out our week and we have every day of the week and it is on a literal whiteboard at our dinner table so everyone knows who is where doing what all of the rest we even put what we're eating for dinner each night um, on our whiteboard and at least and I looked at it on Sunday last week and we kind of just had a big breath moment as we stared down this week and thought it's going to be a big one and it was like Monday rolls around preparing for what I already saw as a big week emotionally and physically arranging our life now Monday's a, a, a big day at least works at night time so I work in the daytime and then uh, I get home and at least goes out and works at night time and on Monday that coincided with an elders meeting that I was to be at um, later in the night and after, while Elise was at work and, and beyond. And there was just a lot of noise in my day. Uh, so much noise. So much noise. It was, uh, it was deafening. It was a deafening noise. It was like being at the barber, the caving in noise, the, the noise of life. It got to about 10 o'clock that night after... All was said and done and kids were finally asleep and Elise had gotten home and, uh, I mean, it never ends. Ronnie woke up and was sick and all the rest of it. Anyway, I just said to Elise about 10 o'clock, I just got to go for a walk. Couldn't tell where I was going, what I was doing. I'm go for a walk. As I set out from my driveway, I just looked, looked to the heavens, saw the stars. This, is, this week's been amazing in the sky as we've looked at. Clear and beautiful and I was just reminded that he is above all things, that even though the noise in my head is such that the faithfulness of God over my life is incredible. But as I walked, I prayed, and as I prayed, a, a sound and not a noise began. There was a new noise. There was a, there was a heaven noise. As I walked the streets of Kirui, processing my day, looking forward to my week, the noise inside my head being so big. And as I prayed, the overwhelming presence of the Holy Spirit, man, when He comes upon you, He gives you the power to get through. 
This was a heavenly sound that didn't change the busyness and chaos of my life, but a sound that filled me with the power to face it. That is the kind of movement that God is building in his church. In that moment, it was like watching the battery level indicator go from red to full. And such is the power and grace of God that there was an expediency to my renewal that surpassed what was possible in the natural. And my prayer is that when we gather even in this place for worship, for communion with God and each other, as we gather around his word, as you find him in the places you find him, that there will be an expediency to your renewal. Not to shortcut the process, but because of the grace of God toward you and the power he has for you to live this life, that when you even have just but a moment, a minute, a second, that there would be an expediency to your renewal. When you find yourself here without children for 15 minutes to sing worship songs, that there would be an expediency to your renewal. That when you have coffee with a friend after church and you share the story of your week, there would be an expediency to your renewal because that is the power and grace of God. This is a place of impartation, a house filled with the sound of the generous presence of God. We do more than merely go to church. We position ourselves in unity with the gathered people of God to experience his power and be filled for the life and the mission that he has called ourselves to. And the next morning, Tuesday morning, big day. Again, I was meeting with Bredo, and that's always a scary thing. Get called into the principal's office. And straight out of meeting with Bredo, we had our team meeting, our ministry team on Tuesdays, and um, preparing for that. And out of that into a, another meeting with our kids and our youth team. And um, out of that, I can't even remember, but it was a big day. And again, I was looking down the barrel of it, and uh, I got to work about 20 minutes early, and I thought, what will I do with my 20 minutes? Well, I get into the office and just start ticking things off the off the list, tick, 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 smash out as much as I could, 20 minutes, boom, let's hit it, baby. I just felt the presence of God again come upon me and say, Dave, stop. Get a podcast, put in your ears, go for a walk out the back. There's this track out the back, it's a holy track. Jesus speaks out there. If you need the Lord, go and find the mangroves. They smell a bit at low tide, but you'll be right. Anyhow, I put a podcast in my ears and just picked a favorite preacher that I've, you know, I've got heaps of them, just cycle through them, um, chuck in my ears and just start walking the path. And, you know, I think my posture when I started was probably a little bit down, but by the end, I'm hearing this message of faith and hope poured into my life through a faithful preacher of the word. And I reckon I was just about jogging by the end, chest puffed up, chin up high, thinking, I've got this day. I was halfway through it, and Fozzer rang me. Thanks, thanks, bro. <laughs> so what are you doing, Dave? Oh, mate, just in the presence, just walking the track. He's like, what are you getting? What are you getting? <laughs> and for about 20 minutes, I was just telling him what I'm getting. He's going, Dave, that's so good. That's so good. And we start talking back and forth, back and forth. What do you reckon? How good's God? What about this? Here's what we need to do. And in a moment, we just had this thing going on where I walked away feeling bigger on the inside, feeling more encouraged than I had before. I thought T.D. Jakes was doing something for my soul, but Fozzer did something else entirely. We shared our struggles, and in that moment, we were filled. How do you position yourself in the presence? I mean, there are four ways that I've just given you through story that I position myself in the presence. I pray in the Spirit. I don't know, 15, 18 years ago, came, 20 years ago almost, next year, came to this church and uh, I knew the, the, the Trinity, the Father, Son and the Holy Scriptures. And at a 10 to 18 years old, I remember standing on a piece of carpet just down here somewhere, just being overwhelmed by the presence of God. And I felt a full immersion of the Spirit. And now, I don't think anyone was even praying for me at that point. That was just in the presence of God. And something overwhelmed me. And 
I could feel an uprising within my soul of a language I knew was not my own, but I knew the Spirit was there and there was something bursting from within that I knew was going to be a gift for the journey. And I'm not saying you've got to have it. <laughs> not one bit. I say, by gosh, it's good, man. Man, just to have those moments with the Lord where there is a, an utterance from the deep place eagerly desire the spiritual gifts Paul would encourage us this morning the gifts of prophecy the gifts of encouragement the gifts of tongues the gifts above all else he would say love however God gives us tools of power for the journey I'd love to pray for you this morning if there's someone who is yearning for the gift any gift this morning don't leave without prayer this morning I just find a place of prayer And it doesn't need to be going off like an Israeli radio station. You can be praying how you pray in the way that you know how to pray. It may only just be a few simple words. Lord, help me. Lord, I need you. Lord, I don't know what's going on. Please speak to me. And I guarantee you in his grace and in his mercy, we know from the scriptures that he hears the cries of his people. Regardless of the words that come from your mouth, he is there. Find your place of prayer. That is practical thing number one. Pray taking notes and this is a practical guide to living a kingdom life one pray number two place find your spot but fear of being a little bit simplistic just find your spot mine's by the sea i can go and sit by the water and i can watch the ebb and flow of the tide I can watch the rolling and receding of the waves. I can watch somebody surf a wave. I can see a bird flying. I can smell the salt. And I know in that place that I am entirely encapsulated in the mighty presence of God. Wonderful. Find your place. Maybe it's in the National Park. I know Jens is in the National Park. I've given away your secret. It's a big place. They won't find you. Promise. Where's your place? Place. Prayer number one, place. Find your place. Find your place. Number two, podcast. That's my way. Maybe yours, maybe something's going on similar for you in this. Soak in the word. I'm not saying just go and hit up the latest, maddest podcast on number one favorites of Apple. Find faithful men and women who are preachers and faithful to the word of God who will feed and nourish your soul. Get that going down your ear canals, my church. You don't just need to get it here on a Sunday. It's wonderful. We have resource upon resource upon resource to feed ourselves in the enduring Word of God. Chuck a podcast in your ears. If you're looking for a tip, playing at home, that's what I do. Maybe it'll work for you. Maybe it won't. If you're looking for good podcasts, I would love to help you find one. I'll share some of mine. Fourthly, people. Pray, place. I'm starting to sound like Bredo, the alliteration. I learned from the best. Pray, place, podcast, people. Find people who spill the presence of God. Through from within them, the Lord has and is doing such a work that when you are around them, you catch something. It was just a phone call with old mate walking the track found the filling of God the power of God in a conversation with a brother and I can ring Brooke Stewart at any hour of the day knowing as a man who was soaked and steeped in the presence of God that even on a phone call I can catch something find your people who spill the presence of God and get around them ring them turn up at their house with food. I'm going to invite the band to come up. I am over time, for which I don't apologize. And the Lord has got to say something. He's got to say something. As I was praying for this, I invite you all to stand as well. And as I was praying for this message during the week, week uh, the Lord asked me a question that caught me off guard. He said, what are you looking forward to? And I thought, that's a strange question. I'm speaking about power. Can you give me something to do with power? 
But you ask me a question. What are you looking forward to? And I know that trying to convince God of one thing when you actually know the truth is another thing, it doesn't often work well. So I was just honest with him. And I said, I'm looking forward to getting things done and switching off. I could see Thursday afternoon rolling around. I could see the end of a productive week. And that night I could see the football being on my TV with a glass of wine in hand. And that's what I was looking forward to. Finishing things, achieving things, and switching off. And I became aware in that moment that achievement and escape were framing my priorities. And the Lord reminded me that it is His power in my life will come when my priority is His presence over my achievement and the need to escape from the noise. In that moment, in my noise, I heard a new sound, a sound from heaven. And all of this week, there has been a new sound breaking into the noise. And it is hard, man. It is hard to have the noise, but it is so sweet to have the sound. And so I pray in this moment, Lord, as we sing a song of worship to your name, that your grace would be upon us in such a way that a new sound would break through the noise in your name. Father, the noise of calamity, the noise of distraction, the noises of grief, the noises of loss, the noises of pain, the noises of confusion, the noises of doubt. Father, we ask for a new sound of heaven to come, a sound of peace, a sound of healing, a sound of renewal, a sound of refreshment, the sound of the name of Jesus being lifted above everything. Father, pour out your spirit as you have done on the church of days of old. Lord, do it again in our time. Holy Spirit, pour your gifts out. Release upon us in Jesus' name everything we need for the road. Fill us with your power, Lord. Give us the ability to sing in the dark. Give us the power to proclaim when we feel like we're in prison. Give us the power to release others as we sing your praises. Give us the power to shake the foundations of the earth as we live in the movement of your Holy Spirit, your church. today. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching. If you'd like to connect with us, make a financial gift, or find out more about Kingsway Churches, head to kingsway.org.au. Have a good one.